listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by eight. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile, and we do this every day, which we love to do, Monday through Friday, uh, and reach out uh, clear across the country, Seattle, Boston, and much more, and we are welcoming every one of you to the show today. We've got a great show planned for you. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been very, very excited. I can't wait to talk to my first guest, Dr. Dr. Angela Hunt, joining me here today. You know, Christie Award winner, uh, writes for, for folks, people like you, people like me. Uh, who have learned to expect the unexpected in novels. And we're going to hear what that means. When I looked at her accomplishments, I had to read it like two or three times. With over three million copies of her book sold worldwide, she is the best-selling author of more than 100 works ranging from picture books to nonfiction books. Wow. This is someone I think you could say... Well, I think Dr. Angela is a writer, but more importantly, her books have been honored uh, by by organizations across the globe. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, the Christie Award, several Angel Awards from Excellence in Media, the Gold and Silver Medallions from Forward Magazine's Book of the Year Award, and then in 2007, her novel The Note was featured as a Christmas movie on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, Romantic Times Book Club presented her with a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2006, and she comes off now. If you think that that's not enough for one person to do in a lifetime by the way uh she completed her master's of uh biblical studies in theology in uh 2006 and her doctorate in 2008 and so here she is joining us today because we want to talk about the note we want to talk about what it is a delightful and heartwarming television movie and we want to talk about you know, what it's like for Dr. Angela Hunt to take her life and commit to this level of writing and and touch the lives of so many people. Dr. Hunt, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. And please call me Angie. The doctorate is so new, it still sounds really funny. You know what? I had to go <laughs> through that myself. And you know, you know what happened? Uh, the show wasn't even called the Dr. Pat Show. Uh -huh. And Benny and the listeners started to call me Dr. Pat. It took me like about six months to get used to it. Ah, uh, yeah, I understand. All right, so you call me Pat and I'll call you Angie. So you got a deal. Okay, good. <laughs> well, again, thank you for joining the show today. I, I want to start out by asking you, in your own words, to describe the note and, and what it was like for you to write this and then have it show up on the big on television. Okay. Well, I got the idea for it just one day. I was sitting. Um, my husband is a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And so one Sunday morning, I was sitting in his class with a girlfriend, and we were watching all the kids come in. And I had just come through a really rough week with my teenagers. They were teenagers at the time. And um, we were talking about a plane that had just gone down. And 
about what we would do if we were on a plane and we became aware, you know, this, this plane is going to crash. And sort of cynically, I said, well, I know what I would do. I would grab a notepad or something to write on, and I would write, uh, Dear kids, all is forgiven. I love you, Mom. And uh, then it just hit me. I thought, wow, wait, what a plot. There's a plot in that. And um, the whole story just kind of came to me piecemeal right in that instant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start to hear a voice like that, so to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, isn't that really a call to action? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So I knew I had to run home and sketch out the plot. And then I wrote the first draft, which was pretty much that plot about this newspaper reporter and this piece of paper washes up from a wreck. And um, so she has to figure out who belongs to, who she needs to deliver it to. And so I wrote the first draft, and it only came in at like 40,000 words. And I remember sitting on the edge of my bed thinking, this isn't a novel. There's, there's a lot missing, the heart. It was all plot. And I said, the heart of the story is missing. And then I realized I had to go into Peyton, the main character, and figure out what her problem was and how this discovery, this journey... Um, would affect her and change her heart. And so then the note became more than just a message to survivors. It became an implement of change for Peyton herself. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I was reading about this, and, you know, from from the very beginning of reading about what this story was about and, and really looking at this, I mean, you know, and thinking about... You know, if it were me, you know, what what would I write on a note? You know, what would I write on a note if I thought if I thought this was the la- these were the last minutes of my life? Mm-hmm. It's really sobering to, because but these things happen. I mean, every once in a while, people find themselves in situations where it's a sudden awareness. Oops. This this might be it. Um, I actually wrote the note before uh, September 11th, 2001. Mm. But right afterwards, I think that book released in the early months of 2001. And of course, by September, uh, September 11th happened and everybody was thinking of that. And, and I remember on September 11th, I was in Springfield, Missouri at a girlfriend's house getting ready to fly home. And when it became clear that I wasn't flying anywhere on that day... Um, we went to a Walmart, and I said, you know, as we watched the the towers fall, I looked at my friend and I said, I think I wrote about the towers in the note. I said, because I remember having to research them because I put this man's office there. So we ran to the closest store, which happened to be a Walmart, and I picked up the book and flipped through it, and I went, yes, look, right here, the, the twin, the World Trade Center towers are in in this book, and I didn't realize it. And, of course, there were so many other uh, sort of coincidental, in quotes, if you will, things, like the plane crashes and the people, mm-hmm. you know, writing out their last thoughts. It was mm-hmm. very poignant. It was. I mean, did that give you sort of chills? Yes, it did. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because I can only imagine what that, you know, what that is about. I, and I, I actually want to talk with you about that. Because okay. I'm one of these people, I don't believe there are any mistakes in the universe. Mm-mm. No. Um, and the reason that I bring that up is I don't think it's a mistake that you got this idea for this book at the time you got it. Mm-hmm. And that it was made available um, 
during the time of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Have you given that some thought? Oh, absolutely. Well, I believe that God is sovereign mm. over all of his creation. And um, so that everything that happens, good things and bad things, are ultimately part of a master plan. And, um, you know, like Job said, who am I to accept blessings one day and, and not want to take the, the negative things the next day? So, um, yes, and... You know, my job as a believer in God is just to to obey and follow him day by day and trust that it's all going to work out. Yeah, I totally believe me. I'm I'm right there with you. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting to really look at the people we come across or the people that we create, whether it's in writing or otherwise. And I wanted to ask you, Angie, if, you know, have you looked at your life and your characters? Are there any parallels in the journey between, you know, what you might be experiencing and how that shows up in a character in one of your books? Oh, Sure. Practically all of my protagonists have at least some aspect of me to them. Of course, they're not strictly autobiographical, but um, like Peyton, I am more a thinker than a feeler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Peyton's struggle in writing this column called The Heart Healer, which she did not originate, she just sort of inherited, it was that she is a thinker, and it really, she had to really dig deep to come up with the emotional things that her readers were expecting. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for me when I'm writing. I tend to get plots first, and then I have to stop and think, okay, if I'm going to um, really make this reach readers, I need to add this emotional core. And that's why people read novels, for entertainment and to be touched emotionally. If we just wanted facts and figures, we would read, you know, complete nonfiction only. Yeah, exactly. And and then, you know, what was this like, uh, Angie, for you then to see the book then be picked up to, you know, to, to in, in by producers, directors to make a film? I mean, were, were, how did you respond to that? Well, it was very exciting. Um, but, you know, it was optioned shortly after 2001, probably in 2002 at least. Wow. And... Um, So it had been under option for like five years, and there had been many times I had heard, we're very close, we're very close, and I'd heard that so many times, (laughs) I had learned not to get too excited, you know, so I was kind of like tempering my enthusiasm and thinking, I'll believe it when I see it, I'll get excited when I see it, and then suddenly, um, in late 2007, I heard, okay, it's, it's going to happen, they're almost done filming, and I was like... Really? Pinch me. I mean, <laughs> so it was It was very exciting. My neighborhood book club, we read the book in December, and then we all gathered at my house to watch it together, and, mm. uh, you know, when it aired on the Hallmark Channel, and so it was a lot of fun. Well, and we're going to talk to, uh, joining me, a very special guest today, uh, The Note, and this is a delightful and heartwarming television movie, which I believe is out on DVD right now, but we'll get that information for you. Dr. Angela Hunt joining us here today when we return. We're going to be talking about The Note, how the how you take an incredible novel and how well that translates or not on on the screen stay tuned we'll be right back with the show and much more might seem strange but let me know if i'm out of order or step into you this way 
Do you have questions about romance, work, or health? Get the answers you need at the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Fisher Pavilion. Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday, 11 to 6. For only $12, you can enjoy two days filled with over 80 holistic exhibitors and 60 free lectures ranging from natural health, personal growth, and metaphysical topics. Visit bmse.net for a $2 off coupon or call 541-482-3722 for information. Shop beautiful crystals, purchase quality nutritional supplements, have your future revealed, and much more. From ancient healing traditions to the latest in the holistic world, this Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo will educate and entertain. Dr. Pat will have an all-new lecture at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Come enjoy the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th. Visit bmse.net. See vibrational healer and psychic Sonia Choquette live in Seattle. Sonia shows you how to claim and follow your intuition. Plus, she'll answer questions and give powerful audience readings. How to accept your intuitive gifts is an all-new lecture. See Sonia Choquette at the Washington State Convention and Trade Center in Seattle on Saturday, October 18th from 10 to 5 p.m. Seats are limited, so call now at 1-800-654-5126 or visit Hay House Events. Do you wish you knew the future? Turn on your higher self with Maureen St. Germain. Get an Akashic Records reading with Maureen who connects with your guides and teachers. Clients say Maureen is amazing, accurate, comprehensive, and a well-respected channel. Thousands have trusted her to help them. Shouldn't you be one of them? Get some clarity about long-standing questions and decisions that you need to make. An expert in business and personal affairs, your reading will lift you to a higher vibration and provide you with pertinent answers to your questions. For the month of October, as an exclusive Dr. Pat listener special, your reading is $35 off the regular price. Call today, 212-304-2123. Remember to say Dr. Pat sent you. Call 212-304-2123. You can find Maureen at angleangel.com. That's right, angleangel.com. New Spirit Journal helps readers create abundance in all areas of their lives. Their articles don't just talk about theories that sound nice. They give you practical information you can use to turn those theories into practice. Available at over 500 locations in Washington and Idaho. New Spirit Journal is more than just a newspaper. It's your guide to the life you want to live. New Spirit Journal can also be read online at NewSpiritJournal.com. Independent programs, independent voices, independent ideas. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I just gotta let you know that I'm really feeling your style. Cause I had to know your name. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. You know, we're talking with Dr. Angela Hunt. And she is, of course, the author of The Note. Uh, it was published in 2001, the year of the uh, 9-11, of course, the attacks. And then, you know, and then picked up by the Hallmark Channel as a movie. Now it's available on DVD. 
but there there is information around this i mean you know when you think of the 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 main story which is you, you know this plane crash that kills everyone on board but before it goes down you know somebody a passenger kind of scribbles a note to his adult child but you know only signs it using you know a pet name and and how and how someone may come across that note and what's the journey and then what do you do with it? And then what does it mean to you in your life? Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, and for those of you that have not seen the DVD, it is pretty much available everywhere. It's on Netflix. It's on Amazon and much more. I mean, it truly is a story that, that looks at some of the decisions we make in our lives, some of the things we say or we don't say. And, you know, Dr. Angela Hunt joining me here today. And Angie, I wanted to ask you this question because, you know, there is this notion that, you know, you write a book, then, you know, Hollywood or other folks get a hold of it and they pretty much change it. But I wanted to get a sense from you about whether or not that was true of the note. Well, they did change some things, uh -huh. but primarily I was delighted because they did keep um, the themes, and to me that's the most important part, is I was trying to talk about the themes of forgiveness and how that forgiveness leads to a sort of redemption Ugh. of the characters. And so that came through absolutely beautifully, and so I was very pleased with it. There's no way that they can squeeze into 90 or 120 minutes everything that's in a novel that takes, you know, four to six hours to read and months to write. So, um, you know, I understand going in that when a novel moves into a screenplay that certain things are going to be changed. And actually they had a couple of twists in the movie that I really liked. I thought, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, isn't that, isn't that really wonderful when you can get to the place where you can collaborate on something that has to be so personal to you? I mean, you write a lot of books and a lot of, you write a lot of things. Let me just put it like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you ever get attached to some of these in a way that, you know, you think, oh, you know, I don't want to let it go, or, I, gee, I wish I could do this a little differently, or I wish I had more time? Oh, sure. You get attached to every project, and your books are kind of like your children. Mm -hmm. But part of being a professional writer is um, knowing when to accept uh, intelligent critique from your editors and mm -hmm. even your readers and that sort of thing. So... You do have to be flexible to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. um, there are some mountains I would die on, but very few, fortunately. I mean, most things are just really not that consequential. Well, I, I, I can't help but really talk with you about forgiveness and grace. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think this is... Oh, such an important conversation to have right now. I know that you and I didn't plan to bring you on right now in the middle of what we're calling a financial crisis or what other people are calling it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at the same time, I've also noticed a shift in some of the political uh, campaigns and, and sort of the anger that, you, you know, the language, the, some of the things that are being said about the candidates. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, right now, there are millions of people beating themselves up about how they 
invested their financial money and much more. I mean, if there was ever a time for forgiveness, I mean, isn't this one of them? Oh, absolutely. I think this is one of those times when we do have to stay calm and not panic and just realize that, you know, this is not the end of the world. And if we just, I mean, personally, as far as my investments, I keep thinking, okay, the money I've stashed away in retirement accounts, I mean, and I'm no millionaire, so it's not like it's tons and tons, but I thought I, I spread it out according to what I thought was good sense and common sense, and, and I'm just going to trust that what goes down mm-hmm. will eventually come up again. Mm-hmm. And as far as the people who are involved in the political scene right now, I think we have to understand that things are always going to get passionate in the latter days of an election. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we always need to come together as a country. And, you know, I think that's one thing that I remember most clearly about about September 11th, 2001, was um, the country had just come through a very divisive time after Bush's election. And um, that tragedy, as awful as it was, it did bring us back together. And I remember watching all of the members of the Senate and the House standing on the steps of the Capitol and singing God Bless America. Mm. And I remember driving down my streets and people looking at each other in their cars. And there was just this unspoken bond that that bound us all together in those days. And, you know, tragedy, hardship, calamity... I don't wish those on anybody, but even those really bad times can serve a very good purpose in our lives. And 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 uh, from your writing, I mean, you really do write in a way that t- not only touches the heart, but touches the soul. I mean, I, I was really thinking about, you know, how would I describe, you know, what what I've read of yours or or what you know, what I sense or what I feel or even what I feel about the note. And there's something about the note that to me is about the soul's journey, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, had you thought about that? Oh, absolutely. I intended from the get-go for the note to be a metaphor for the message of love that mm-hmm. God has extended to all of us. Oh. And um, I intended for the three people who are approached, who Peyton is the newspaper reporter, and she approaches these three people whose names begin with T, because that's how the note's addressed. Just T, I love you, all is forgiven. So um, the first person that she approaches um, believes the note emotionally. Oh, this is a great letter. Wouldn't that be nice if it were for me? But... He rejects it intellectually. This is not my father's handwriting. This is not something my dad would have done. And the second person she approaches accepts the note intellectually. Well, maybe that is from my father. It could be his handwriting. But rejects it emotionally in that our falling out was so great, there's no way this message of forgiveness could be for me. And then the third person... um, actually pretends to receive it and is not the proper recipient at all. Wow. And that is how I think a lot of people respond to God's message. Either they reject it intellectually or emotionally, or they seem to accept it 
but it's never really changed their heart. I mean, it really doesn't affect the way they live day by day. Mm-hmm. But when it reaches those people who are willing to accept it intellectually, emotionally, and let themselves be changed by it, mm-hmm. that's when we see a real difference in people's lives. And, you know, and intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Exactly. Uh, you know, because I, I, I really can't help but think about that. I mean, everything about the note to me from the, from the very idea you got, you received, when you received it, when you wrote it, when it was picked up, how, how the timing was related to the events of 9-11. And for us to be talking about it now being on DVD, by the way, at a time where all of us could use a good dose of forgiveness. I don't think there are mistakes with this. No, I don't either. You know, this is, first of all, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Bring your, bring your tissues, everybody. Um, but more than that, you know, it really demonstrates your calling. And I want to ask you about that. Um, Clearly, you are someone that has an enormous talent, an enormous gift. What inspires you to get up and put that gift into action every day? Well, first of all, thank you. That's very kind. But um, I really just think of myself as an ordinary writer. And um, the stories that I write are the ones that are the... Uh, the Lord sends them to me. I say that for lack of a better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get this little gem of an idea, and and then most of my stories are metaphorical. They work, they're sort of like onions, is the metaphor I like to use, in that they make sense, and they're an entertaining story on the outside. But then when you dig into the layers of meaning, you see that certain characters represent certain things or concepts, and... And there's a, a lot deeper meanings underneath it all, too, for the reader who's willing to dig deeper and to really, really understand the meat of the story. Well, I want to thank you for a number of different things. First of all, I want to thank you for openly writing about forgiveness and inviting us to take that forgiveness journey with you. It is so important right now. And, you know, forgiveness starting with with ourselves. I want to thank you for doing that. I also want to thank you for taking your talent out and sharing and, and opening our hearts to so many things, you know, from love and spirituality. And I am so grateful that this DVD is now available. What What would be, Angie, what would be your personal message for our listeners today? Well, just mainly that if if they have ever thought that they've done something or been to such a place that they could never be forgiven, that that is not true, that God is willing to forgive. And a lot of people will sometimes surprise you with their willingness to forgive. So take a chance on love. Take a chance on forgiveness. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, Dr. Angela Hunt, uh, The Note, it's an amazing story. Uh, And and I want to say, if you want to find out more about Dr. Angela Hunt, uh, Angie, as we're calling her, you can go to www.angelahuntbooks.com, angelahuntbooks.com, or go right to the Dr. Pat Show. We've got her up there, and um, we've got the link right there. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. I have a very special, very important announcement on an upcoming event with Dr. Jean Houston. We'll be right back.